This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show, our morning show, our raw reaction series every single day at 8 a.m. UK time to keep you up to date and in the loop with all the latest Arsenal transfer information, get you guys discussing things in the chat box and answer some of your questions along the way as well. I hope you are doing well. It is, in my view anyway, yesterday was like the last final day. Of, of last season. I'm not going to focus on it. I mean, yeah, we've got European for Europa League. Who cares about Europa League finals? Who cares about Champions League? We're too good for them. That's why we're not in them. It's as simple as that. So who cares about them? So for me, the new season starts now and we forget about everything that has gone before. <laughs> you can see how much of a l- the denial I'm living in, basically. I'm living in denial. Isn't it? But it works. It works for me. It's fine. I hope you're doing well and good. Um, yesterday's podcast was excellent. I mean, if you haven't if you haven't actually tuned in and you're only kind of root into this channel is be watching these shows, please just go and watch the first, like, eight minutes of yesterday's podcast as a minimum because some of the stuff that's there is, is awesome and you will enjoy watching it because it's some really cool stuff. So I implore you, please do go and watch uh, that stuff because it's some really good stuff but other than that you're here to talk about of course Arsenal transfer so without further ado let's kick off with our first story of the day which involves Matt Ryan now Matt Ryan of course uh, joined us on loan from Brighton in January um, and the thing about Matt Ryan I think is that he, I don't think he was given enough opportunities to be honest I think that he deserved more starts than he was given I think Leno had some really poor displays in which he probably should have been taken out of the firing line at times. He didn't. He stuck at it and towards the end of the season made some decent uh, performances, but there were some really costly mistakes. And I thought that Matt Ryan deserved a bit more of an opportunity based upon what we'd seen from him and also based upon what we'd been told he was like in the dressing room and what he'd done for the players and how he was with the players. And this was very, very evident in his post yesterday. Now, there's two things we'll, we'll do with this first off is we'll talk a little bit about what the what the post might mean and secondly how we kind of see him at Arsenal in the future if he has one so in terms of what he said he says I've had a blast with the last chapter experiencing all that's imbo- involved with and representing Arsenal 
I have learned so much and enjoyed every minute of it. To the many great people around the club whom I've had the pleasure of associating with, thank you for making me feel welcome and making the transition into the family a very easy one. I look forward to continuing the relationships well into the future, and I'm excited to see what the future will bring. Hashtag thank you. Now that, I mean, when you think about uh, what we're going to talk about in a second with our next player and, and the way they end their Instagram leaving message, it is very different. This is very much more open-ended. It's talking about excited to see what the future brings. And I don't know if you may have already seen this, of course, but one of the things you may have not seen is this, is how many of the Arsenal players I absolutely love this guy. He is such a popular figure in, in the dressing room with all of the characters. And that is important. People sometimes overlook how much a character can really boost morale in the team. And I thought it was great to see so many of the players. You go down the comments. There's even more than I've been able to highlight here. But so many amazing comments about this guy must make him feel absolutely fantastic about this time, despite playing just, I think, three games in total. So... He is clearly someone that is very much liked by the club. Arteta has talked about him very glowingly, calling him a beast in training, etc. I'd be very surprised if we didn't hear anything about Matt Ryan maybe coming in on a permanent deal uh, in the summer. Of course, he's going to put a goodbye message out. It's just his loan coming to an end, but he's left it very open-ended. Uh, let's, let's say that. But what do you think about Matt Ryan in the chat box? What are you guys saying um, about him? I'm really interested uh, to know uh, whether or not you think he is someone that Arsenal should be going for next season, bringing in as their backup keeper. Matt G says, I think we should sign Matt Ryan. He seems to be liked uh, on and off the pitch. Matt Bazin says, is it true that Matt Ryan is one of the best distributors with his feet for a goalkeeper? I mean, we didn't see too much of him, but all of his distribution that he did do looked very good. He's also very good communicatively. He can speak in multiple languages. He commands his backline, I think, much better than Leno does. It's just the the size is probably the biggest thing. Although saying that, I don't know if you saw the picture of the whole team uh, put out the other day, but Matt Ryan's hands are enormous. So it's absolutely no no uh, prizes for guessing why he became a goalkeeper. Dearie me. Um, let's see what people are saying a little bit further down the chat box. We'll see about Gabriel finding his tooth. That's good news. I didn't know that he did that. So fantastic news for him. Well done, Gabby, finding his tooth. Uh, Dave says, great backup goalkeeper. Yonick Max says, bring him back. James C says, sign him up. Zane says, go for him this summer window. Top Secker says, Matt Ryan is a very competent goalie. I always thought he was a good shot stopper from his Brighton days. Wilson says, Matt Ryan is a very likable and brilliant goalkeeper. Uh, Social says, I don't want him to come in to be the number two for Leno and leave uh, for him to become the number one. Very true. Um, I understand what you're saying. I wouldn't want Matt Ryan to be Arsenal's number one goalkeeper. I think he's a very good number two for us, to be honest. He's a good starter for the likes of Brighton. I'm surprised to see that they actually dropped him from that position. But I think he's a very good number two for Arsenal. And if he's up for that, I mean, he's, he's been around the block a fair, too, fair few times. He's played at a number of clubs, of course, played in the Champions League with Valencia and stuff like that. So uh, and we've played against him many a time, of course, during his time at Brighton. So he is a very well-versed keeper, someone that knows his way in different leagues, different languages. I think he's a complete asset to the club. And I'd be surprised if you didn't hear anything about him maybe coming back on a permanent deal. Joe Willock, of course, is not the only one. Uh, Matt Ryan isn't the only one to send his goodbye message, as is Joe Willock, who posted his yesterday to Newcastle fans, in which he said, uh, NUFC family, thank you for rocking with me. I will never forget the love you have showed me, the team, the fans. The city will always hold a special place in my heart. Up the Maggies. 
goodbye. And it is the end of that message, which, of course, leaves it a lot less open to interpretation than Matt Ryan's message. Matt Ryan very much an open-ended message of saying excited to see what the future brings. Joe Willock, it is a goodbye message. Uh, it is just straight up, see you later. <laughs> Thanks for the memories, <laughs> but it's time to say goodbye. That is, that's how it came across to me reading that, um, which I think for Arsenal fans is going to cause mixed views. A lot of Arsenal fans are, are more than happy to see a big fee come in for him and to be accepted. Other people um, have not been as open to seeing him leave which is completely fair enough because you think about how good he's been at Newcastle and I think a lot of Arsenal fans do still want him to to kind of stay and, and really kind of prove himself at Arsenal next season and I think he's done enough on his loan deal I mean you really couldn't do much more could you on a loan deal to prove your worth to the team and I think Joe Willock has certainly done that so the goodbye message uh, was a very nice one but it looks quite definitive. Steve Bruce did say after the game that they were going to try and do everything they can to bring him in. But ultimately, Arsenal hold the cards with this one. He's still got years left on his contract and they will want to make sure that they either get a huge fee for him and nothing less than that, or they'll be looking to keep him and integrate him into the team for next season. Um, let's have a look at what you guys are saying about Willock in the chat box. Social says class statement from Willock. Um, let's go down a little bit more. Uh, no Sleep says Newcastle fans say they won't pay more than £20 million for him at that price. Surely he stays. You would think so. I'd be very surprised if they let him go for anything less than £20 million. You can't be sitting there asking for £50 million for Matty Longstaff and £70 million for Alan Sam-Maximan and expect to pay £20 million for Joe Sorry, Willock's absolute joke. Uh, uh, Drizzy says, Bruce would be relegated next season without Willock. Of course they will want him. Wilson says, I believe that Willock could be a very good squad player. However, if any club offers £25 million plus, I would sell. That's quite low for me. Uh, Indanil uh, says, two years left, either sell Joe or extend and use him correctly. I think one of the most important things about Joe Willock is if we are going to keep him, we need to have to work on a contract as soon as feasibly possible. Now, I'm informed by the chat box that our good friend Z has tweeted, David Ornstein has said, I'm sure they will get him back in for pre-season and then make the decision. I don't think there'll be a rush on Joe Willock. As I understand it, relatively recently, if an offer of 10 to 15 million, no chance, wouldn't even consider it. Um, so, I mean, 10 to 15 million quid is a joke, uh, quite frankly. Uh, they wouldn't even consider that amount of money for him. Um, and I'm not surprised that that is the case. They'd be wanting a lot more than that if they were to sell. But the fact that that figure, 10 to 15 million pounds, that's ridiculous. Um, so I'm glad that they wouldn't even, even entertain it. Good stuff on, on that one, definitely. Um, let's move on to our next story then and go to Martin Erdegar, who has not yet posted anything about a goodbye from Arsenal just yet. Supposedly, he has not actually left uh, the confines of the club as of yet and hasn't actually returned to Real Madrid as of yet. There are meetings that are scheduled to be had with the player, with Real Madrid. There was always This was always going to happen. This was included in the negotiations in January that there would be sit-down discussions and, and talks about what would be the plan going into next season, about how Erdogan feels, about what he wants to do, about what Real Madrid wants to do with him. The, the door is still very, very much open to Erdogan coming back on a permanent deal. Arsenal certainly want to make that happen. He is, what is arguably their top target this summer. 
um, in that position because they know what they get with him. He's already transitioned. They know what they will be. They know what kind of the rough ballpark or figure. They may even be able to get him on loan for another full season, which will definitely uh, appeal to Arsenal. No, they wouldn't have to spend a transfer fee on bringing him in. If they can get an option or an obligation on that as well, they would definitely be looking at adding that into any possible deal as well. But what I do think about Martin Erdogan is that nothing is in set in stone. There's nothing to say he's definitely going to stay. There's nothing to say that he's definitely going to be a Real Madrid player next season. I've seen a lot of Real Madrid talk about kind of definitives and saying that there's no chance he returns to Arsenal. But that's not the information that I am trusting in this scenario. The door is open. This is very much a deal that could be done for Arsenal this summer and it will be dependent a lot on what Martin Erdegaard wants himself and how hard he is willing to push to leave Real Madrid should Arsenal come in with a bid for him. That's going to be the biggest question. If Martin Erdegaard doesn't push for a move away and is still very much open to the idea of being at Real Madrid next season, then that is going to change things. Of course, Real Madrid are most likely to have a new manager next season. It could be uh, Allegri. That is probably the biggest name that is being touted with taking over from Zidane. Zidane and Erdogan never really got on during their time. It was a little, it felt a little bit underused and devalued by Zidane. And I mean, it's it's mainly Florentino Perez that is the guy that is really a big fan of Martin Erdogan and looks at him as kind of one of the big future stars, even more so than like some Vinicius and Rodrigo as well. He is very much liked within the hierarchy at the club, but Erdogan has not had the best of times there and hasn't felt particularly valued uh, and felt a bit chucked around on loan and not really given an opportunity when they have come towards him. So a move to Arsenal where he has felt very welcome, very liked. The fans have given him a lot of love as well. He is very much interested in another year at Arsenal at a minimum. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Indonil says, I feel Cal will be one of the last signings we make simply because Real Madrid will need time to sort out a manager situation and then that manager will look at him in pre-season when Dia will be busy with Argentina. Actually, Argentina is a little bit tricky right now because we don't know what the situation is going on in South America with the pandemic. So there might be cancellations of tournaments in South America. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Ansgar says, Real Madrid need to sell a few players if they want to play Erdogan, in my opinion. They are stacked in offensive midfield and seems likely that he could stay. Now, Real Madrid don't really play with a Martin Erdogan style number 10. They play with two eights and a six. Casemiro sitting in behind either Cruz or Modric or Valverde. They have never really used. That's why Isco's minutes have diminished massively because they haven't really played with that position. And then they have your two wide players, either Vinicius or Rodrigo or Lucas Vasquez or Asensio. And then, of course, Karim Benzema playing in the central striking role. The striking position for them is going to be their main prerogative. Benzema is coming towards the end of his time at the club. If they can get in a Haaland, if they can get in an Mbappe, that's what they're going to try and do. And they are going to need funds to do that because Real Madrid are currently in a situation where they are paying back hundreds of millions of pounds in illegal state aid that's been paid to them over the course of 10 plus years. Uh, a recent court ruling for both Real Madrid and Barcelona found that the state aid that they've been receiving was not legal and they now have to pay that back. If you do some research into it, they're going to need to be making some money. Now, Barcelona have got a very recent new sponsorship deal. It could be bringing in half a billion uh, euros. So they're a little bit more stable than Real Madrid, who have spent a lot of money on players like Luka Jovic, on Eden Militao, and it hasn't necessarily worked out for some of those, especially Jovic, who, of course, returned to Frankfurt on loan. Uh, and they'll be wanting to make as much money on some of their assets as possible. Uh, maybe 
Erdogan will be one of those players. Uh, Claudia says, I really don't want Erdogan on a permanent basis. No ro robust enough for me. Very interesting. Uh, Devante says, if Willian does leave, you think Arsenal will push harder for Buendia due to the fact that he can play right wing? Possibly so. Mitchell says, I wonder how many shirts he sold in Norway for Arsenal. He's so marketable and Arsenal is very popular in in Norway. JD says, if Erdegaard costs more than 50 million, much rather get Buendia for 40. He can score, assist, tackle, great work, great, can play in multiple positions and a player who Arteta will love. And I'm certainly in agreement with you. Let's go on to our next story, which revolves around Emi Buendia. Uh, this is very much going to be one that I feel drags on uh, through the first few weeks of the window before any decision is made. They, Emi Buendia and Norwich, are not in a rush to make a quick decision on this. And according to The Athletic, the club being Norwich are still very much open to the idea of Buendia leaving should the right fee come in. It basically is the same for Max Ahrens. They base this off their business model. It's how the club runs and they need to rely on player sales and reinvestment. They've seen it in the past with likes of James Madison going to Leicester. This is what they do. They sell, they reinvest, and they keep just turning over players like a lot of clubs do that aren't at the top level of the game and need to sell players for big money to, to keep things moving and keep things fresh in the squad. Buendia is very open to the move, but more interestingly, apparently a big player from Europe has also entered the mix on Buendia as well, in addition to Arsenal and Aston Villa, who are the two English clubs that are very much interested. Aston Villa look at this as an addition to Jack Grealish, not as a replacement. So that is going to make things a little bit more tricky for Arsenal to deal with. Aston Villa have historically, over the last couple of years, spent a lot of money and they will certainly be looking to spend a lot of money to push themselves further up the table this season. Uh, and Buendia is certainly part of those plans. So Arsenal, if they're serious, will have to go in quick. They'll have to get that money in hard and then they'll have to get him out as soon as feasibly possible. But it's one that is going to, I think, rumble over the next few weeks or so, but it could be one that does, unfortunately, go towards the end, which is going to be frustrating because I think Arteta would like to get his deals done as soon as feasibly possible. Um, let's see what you guys are saying in the chat. Yo-Yo says, Buendia was linked with a move to Atletico Madrid last summer. He should have signed before the Copa America. He should be signed before the Copa America happens. Clayton Che uh, says, would you sell Joe if it meant you could buy Erdogan? No, I wouldn't. Wesley says, uh, if we get Buendia or Erdogan, which three players would start behind the centre forwards? A good question. I think you still have to rotate, but my, for my money, if you're getting Buendia, it would be Buendia on the right. Saka on the left, Smith Rowe at 10, and then Pepe can either, you can swap Pepe out with either on of Saka or Buendia, because I think Saka, I think Pepe needs to play. But Saka is so good, and Buendia gives us so many more goals if he comes in that it's tricky. But maybe you start off with Buendia and Emil Smith Rowe rotating, or you start off with Pepe and Saka and Buendia rotating, but I think it gives us a lot of options by bringing Buendia into the team. Let's move on. To our final story of the day, which revolves around Sevilla and France international defender Jules Kunde. Now, Arsenal are very much interested in this young French defender. Uh, he signed for Sevilla from France a few years ago. Um, and I have actually since done a, a whole breakdown on Jules Kunde. I did it back in November of last year. 
um, looking at him at the start of this, just the season just gone. So if you want to find out about what Jules Kunder is like, I have left a link to this article in the description. It's at the top of the description. So if you want to go and give that a read, you get lots of insight. There's expert insight from the uh, editor-in-chief of Get Spanish Football News, Kieran Quayle, who also writes for AS uh, in, Fran- in France, in Spain as well. And there's some tactical stuff, as you can see from the graphics there as well. So if you want to get really clued up on who this guy is, uh, then go give the article in the description uh, a read. But the most interesting thing about Arsenal's interest in Jules Kunda is the fact that he is a very, very expensive centre-back. He's someone that is going to cost £50 million plus to bring in. French international, young, very good. The biggest kind of, I, I say issue, because it's never been an issue for him, is his height. He's not actually that much... Yeah, I don't think he even is over six foot in height, but he still has very, very good aerial statistics. He's, he does very good in the areas, an amazing leap on him when he competes. He's still very physical. So before anyone turns their nose up at him because he's not tall enough, that is not going to be an issue for Kunde because he still deals with aerial balls exceptionally well and deals with that fact and has learned to adapt to the fact that he doesn't have necessarily the same height as a lot of the other players that he is alongside do. Um but the most intriguing part about this is what this would mean, Arsenal's interest in a right-sided centre-back or just a centre-back in general, is the impact on William Saliba. Now, Arteta has told us that they are going to assess Saliba when he comes back. He's had a very good loan spell. They're happy with him. They're impressed with him. They've been getting glowing reports back from his loan. Nice are desperate to get him on another uh, season on loan. That's unlikely to happen. And he is going to be integrating into all the first-team workings for next season. But how many minutes he gets... Again, is still the big question. And if Arsenal go out and sign a centre-back, that is going to be a problem for him. And may actually, because we know what his temperament is like, it's not going to go down very well um, with Saliba, knowing that he's got someone like a Jules Kunda in front of him or a Rob Holding that's also in the mix too. I think the reason why Arsenal are interested in a right-sided centre-back is because I don't think they feel that Rob Holding is the right man to be Arsenal's right-sided centre-back going forwards. Saliba wasn't an Arteta signing. He was an Emery signing, so it wasn't necessarily his choice to bring him in. And maybe he wants to bring in one of his own centre-backs. And they don't know what he's going to happen with him. And if they leave it this summer and they say, look, we're not going to go out and sign a centre-back, we're going to risk it. We're going to have Rob Holding and we're going to have William Saliba as our right-sided centre-back choices with Callum Chambers as another option. And then say Saliba turns out not to be that great and then we're left with Rob Holding. The club will be frustrated that they didn't go in with someone in the summer. So I think they're just trying to cover themselves for this position because because he is still very much an unknown Saliba at the top, top level in the Premier League. So I think they are very much still trying to cover the fact of losing David Luiz and wanting to bring in some quality on that side. But if it was down to me, knowing how long the transfer window is open for, I would certainly be looking to play Saliba in the pre-seasons, get a measure of how good he is going to integrate into the first team, see how he's performing, see if he's going to start at the start of the Premier League season. You've still got weeks of the transfer window open towards the end. If you then need to make a decision and go out and sign a centre-back at the end of the window, then do that. But... I would not be blocking this guy's path now. I think it makes a lot more sense. Bring him back, integrate him in, see what he can do. Can he be the next Rafa Varane, as he was always talked about as? Can he emulate what Fafana has done at Leicester? Can he be that guy to to really take the league by storm for Arsenal and be a really transformative figure in their backline? I hope that he can be. I really, really do. But 
it, it's just it's just an unknown because Saliba is is such an unknown um, right now, uh, and and we don't know how this is going to play out. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box regarding Saliba. Sahil says signing a right sided centre back initially would mean us not learning from past mistakes. He should be down the pecking order once the much needed positions are taken care of. Yo Yo says Saliba should start if improvements are made at right back. Holding and Chambers can't push up like Tierney and Gabriel can. Druzy says, if they want to make a risk-averse signing, then just wait until the January window and then decide. Say that, but we did that with the number 10 position this season, and look how that panned out. Max the Gunner says, I'd be sad for Saliba if he didn't get played. Ahmad says, people are expecting way too much of Saliba, and I do tend to agree with this point of view. We haven't seen any, any of him at all at the top, top level for Arsenal. We don't know what he's capable of at this level. We can see him doing very well at Nice, but it's a different ball game, and we need to see how he fits into the Premier League setting. Carol Bailey says, we don't need another centre-back. Give Saliba a chance, for God's sake. Arsenal have other areas of the pitch to address. Christian says, six foot four Saliba. How can he be poor in the air and actually scored a very good header on the last game of the season against Leon, which cost them Champions League football, I believe, as well. Top Techers says Saliba was the higher-rated player out of him and Fafana. Funny enough, it's interesting you say that because I've spoken to a few French football experts and apparently that was a little bit of an overblown opinion by a couple of people, and that actually wasn't the case. Fafana was always apparently one that they were expecting to go on to do really well whenever he got his move. Um, so it's not actually 100% true about the Saliba being higher rated than Fafana. It was something that one person said that stuck and hasn't been able to go away. But speaking to multiple people who watched him during those last two seasons, they believe that Fafana was actually the higher prospect, and that came a lot down to temperament, consistency, and stuff like that. So, interesting. Saliba stands out a lot more for his style, and maybe that's where that opinion started to be derived from, whereas Fafana is a lot more composed and consistent in his performances. So, just to be careful about banding that opinion around, because it was very much an, an old opinion that I think got taken way out of proportion um matt g says i'd rather sign an experienced center back who will guide saliba and gabriel someone like david louise uh benji says hope we bring someone in with experience for some cover whether it's bertrand or someone else bertrand's story has gone very quiet by the way i've heard absolutely nothing on that in the recent few days or so uh claudia says saliba is still very green he needs to be given time to make mistakes i don't know if the fans will allow that next season chippy boy says six foot four doesn't mean you can head the ball. Just ask me. 50 pence head right here. Six foot three. Can't head a ball to save my life. Top Techers says, fair enough. Yep, that's fair enough, mate. Reese says, sell holding and sign Kunda, which is probably a good way of, I mean, I'd be up for that. The thing is, is just sign a new deal has holding. I don't think anyone's going to be coming in for, for him this summer. Jeandre says, uh, Jeandre, I should say, says, hopefully, he can fulfill that potential. We need a ball player at the back. He is that as a centre-back. He is certainly someone who's good on the ball. Uh, Kid Kaka says, Gabriel, Saliba, Marie, holding Mavropanos and Rekic. Rekic is, is not in the first team setup yet. Um, just because we signed him from abroad, um, he came from her to Berlin, he is not in the first team um, thinking right now. He's a prospect. That's all he is. Uh, there are other centre-backs that are ahead of him uh, in the youth team. Certainly the likes of Daniel Ballard, Mark McGuinness uh, are considered at a higher standing than Rekic right now. I'd be surprised if Rekic stayed at Arsenal next season and instead went out on loan. I think that'd probably be the best thing for him to get some senior minutes. But yeah, don't don't put Rekic into that bracket because he's he's not that ready yet. But I think Mavropanos is going to be sold 
Um, I don't think Mavropanos is going to stay. I think he's going to go either on loan again or he's going to be sold permanently. Holding, though, in Saliba, I don't think is enough on their own. And you look at the players you've named there. Marie is the oldest of all of them at 27, and that's not a hugely experienced age for that really key position, especially when you factor in that Marie is the backup to Gabriel and holding who's 25, 26 is going to be maybe a starting centre-back. And if not, it's going to be Saliba, who's 19. A 19 and a 22-year-old at the back, no matter how good they are prospectively, is still a little bit of an issue when your left-back is 23 in Tierney, still not the most experienced. He's a good leader, but he's still not the most experienced. And the right-back could also be quite inexperienced depending on who we go and bring in and then the goalkeeper is Bern Leno who is notoriously not the best at marshalling and controlling his defence that is an issue um, so I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal went out and signed a more experienced defender to come in but yeah it's the age thing does concern me a little bit because it is important to find that balance between experience and youth and prospects Pat Morris says, who do we need uh, this? Who do we need? Who? Why do we need uh, this experienced centre-back? Man City don't. I disagree, Pat, because Fernandinho was very much their experienced figure who played at centre-back a lot for them. You also have to factor in that the player that they brought in, in Ruben Diaz, and they've got Laporte, and they had Nathan Ake. They've got players that are of a such high level that it's very different. When you've got these world-class talents, like player of the season Ruben Diaz, it's very different to having players that are of a prospective level that are playing at a different start in their career, a different stage of development, a different stage of quality. So it's, it's important for some teams, but for some sides it's not. And even then, Man City still had a Fernandinho in there to really be that experience when they needed him to be. You've also got Carl Walker playing right back, who again is a very experienced right back, playing in that position that can help as well. And you've got Edison, who is just an amazing keeper that works exceptionally well with defence and gives them a lot of confidence. So all of those factors... It changes the situation, Pat. I hope that makes sense. Um, Wesley says, holding if holding is the one. Leadership and experience doesn't need to be in the first team, but should stay in the club. Uh, I'm not so sure. Um, I think it's about finding a balance, mate. I, as I've said before a number of times, I feel like I'm repeating myself now. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a balance that needs to be had. Uh, the McManus says, morning, Tom. Any more news about Basuma? Nothing regarding Arsenal. Um, the only news regarding Basuma that's, that's slightly different to what we've said is that Man City's interest is, is greater than originally thought. Um, and that could throw a spanner in the works for Arsenal, as it would. They look at him as very much maybe a Fernandinho replacement in the squad. So that could complicate things for Arsenal. Uh, Noel says, experience isn't just about age. It's really about minutes. Usually that does hand in hand with age, but they aren't mutually exclusive. That's very true, Noel. I'll give you that. Neil says, Tom, how much truth is there in the rumours about Edu being sacked? Neil, honestly, from anything, I, I asked a couple of people about this and they basically said they have no idea what the rumour is, where it's come from. I think my own theory about it is that it's the, because he wasn't at the game yesterday or two days ago, um, that suddenly there has to be a reason why he wasn't there. As far as I'm aware, he's not been sacked. I've heard nothing of that anywhere from any of the, the, the people that I speak to. No one said that. Um, but 
you know, it's football. <laughs> Anything happens. I remember when the gerbil, our oh, good friends, we know the gerbil. You should know who the gerbil is if you don't. You should know who he actually is if you don't. Told us about Raul Sanyehi uh, getting sacked. Nothing's come through from anyone that I know about Edu being sacked. So I would take that with a very large pinch of salt. But make sure you join us tomorrow when we do our Edu has been sacked video. Just proving me wrong. <laughs> Matt G says, Tom, how much truth is there in the rumours that you're not six foot three? There's absolutely nothing, Matt. You speak to any of the lads that are CB at the games and they all well, actually all of them will lie. I don't know why I said they're not going to back me up. All of them are going to lie. Um, Sahil says, Tom, maybe the rumour is because of what is going on with their doing Brazil. I don't know a lot about um, the Brazil situation. It's very kind of a, it's legalities, and I don't want to allege and speculate over something that I don't know what has really happened. Uh, Lee Tony Morris says, the rumours on Tosin have gone very quiet. They have, have nerd nothing about that. Seems to be a bit of a paper talk, that one. Daniel Roberts says, will be interesting to see where Talaji Bola, who is a left-back who spent this season, I believe, on loan at Rochdale before coming back in January, where he, but he's 22. So he certainly, I very much doubt, is going to be at the club much longer. Indanil says, what about last season's lone army? McGuinness, Ballard, Ben Sheaf, John Jules, Bola, Matt Smith, Zach Medley. There's more than that. Lucas Torreira, Matteo Ganduzi, Mavropanos, um, Alowu, Josh Alowu. Um, there's loads uh, that have gone out there. Ola Yinka. Um, there's big decisions that have got to be made. Zach Medley, I think he'll go permanently. He's not turned into the player that people thought he was going to turn into. He's very much, I think, a League One, lower championship uh, end of quality player. I don't think he's become the player that people are expecting. Uh, Boller is going to go. Matt Smith is a very highly rated midfielder. Um, he will probably be either re-loaned out to see if he can get that one last chance or he may stay in the squad and get some minutes in the cup competitions. Ballard and McGuinness are also highly rated, but the centre-back position is such a convoluted area of the pitch for Arsenal. It'd be very difficult. Ben Sheaf, I've heard nothing about how his loan deal's gone on, um, so I can't comment on that. John Jules has spent a lot of this season injured while he was away with Doncaster. He's, of course, behind the likes of Eddie Nketiah, following Balogun, and Bamiang and Lacazette, of course, in the striking department. I think that John Jules's future probably lies away from Arsenal, but he will come back. We will see how he is assessed in pre-season. You never know what's going to happen. With Balogun's new deal on the money that's there and the promises that have been given to him, I would be surprised to see Tyrese John Jules at the club in the long term. Uh, Boller is going to go, and I think that covers pretty much everyone. We will do a video specifically on loans, the guys that went out on loan. I'm going to try and do some tactical breakdowns and stuff and some insight videos, but we'll see what happens. So make sure you subscribe for that content. Um, Tom says, we have very limited funds. Going for any extra centre-backs before a midfielder or two and backup left-back would be a waste. Uh, J32 says, is there any talk of Trippier coming to Arsenal? Arsenal is a good right-back. Nope, nothing. Nothing at all on that one. So Hill says, Tom, apparently Pats and Dakar and loads of Salzburg players would be available. Yes, I, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I don't know who tweeted this out, but a few people did DM me this one. Um, apparently Salzburg, I think it was Tom Midler, actually, um, from the other Bundesliga podcast, who I know very well. So maybe I'll text Tom about this. Let me just go onto Twitter and get the tweet up so I get the right players. I think it's Romalio and Wepu, Dakar and Berisha were the four players. But let me just scroll and find it. If you aren't following the other other Bundesliga podcast, it's very good. Tom and the boys do a very good job there. Uh, so, yes. And uh, so, Patson Dakar, Mwepu, Romalio, who is a centre-back, who's already kind of had his chance in in Europe. He left and went to... Is it Bayer Leverkusen? I don't think it was Bayer Leverkusen. Um, 
I can't remember who he went to, um, Romalio, but I think he went somewhere in, in Germany. Uh, Rasmus Christensen, the Danish right-back and international. Uh, Mergen Berisha, who is a German striker that scored a lot of goals in the Champions League last season. Uh, apparently all uh, available to leave. Um, I would love to go for an Nwepu. I think he's a great player. Uh, I really do think he's someone that Arsenal should be looking to bring in. Patson Dacker is going to be very, very sought after. Romalio, I reckon, will go to a lower level German sides or maybe Italian team. Rasmus Christensen, I expect to go to a decent side and Megan Barisha will make a good striker for someone probably in Germany. Um, so there's lots of interesting stuff that's got to come out from Salzburg. But there you go. Um, interesting stuff. Anyway, we're going to finish things off there. Thank you so much for tuning in, people, as always. As I said, if you tuned in late, go and watch yesterday's podcast, especially the first eight minutes. It's a big surprise for our members in that. But anyone who's even not a member will really enjoy it watching those first eight minutes. So please, please do go and check that out. Please drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel if you are new. We'll be back every single day with all of the latest Arsenal transfer news, answering your questions, discussing different stuff as well. But it's been a pleasure. We've nearly hit in. We're up on our way to 23K subs and we're nearly hitting 10K views on these videos every day, which is amazing. So tell your friends, spread the word, get them watching, get them listening, get them subscribing. Uh, and we'll see you again very, very soon. And as always... Oh, oh, and I'll be joined this afternoon by Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast, which I know a lot of you like. Uh, I know a lot of you love when Clive comes on, but Clive should be joining me at 5pm today, uh, UK time. So make sure you tune in for that. Lots to discuss, lots to talk about. It's always a good chat with Clive. I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.